Femi. Mike. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? I think this is the beginning of our, our podcast because it says we're recording. So let's let the folks know it's another edition of Femi and Ferrari, our first remote edition, Mike. Yeah, we just dove right in, didn't we? This is <laughs> this is pretty wild. I, I think we we need to clarify for people, right? Like how we're set up and all the craziness that's going on. And so where are you right now? I am right now in the living room of my apartment. It's a uh, one-bedroom apartment here in Seattle. And uh, today I have, uh, have been exercising some social distancing. Uh, right. Just so that we're not in our sports office together. It's kind of tight quarters. So we figured we would kind of uh, play our part in trying to help flatten the curve. And I'm in my apartment hanging out. Yes. You know so you're in, the, you're in the West Seattle uh, branch? Or yeah. what do they call that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 The West Seattle branch of the uh, Femi and Ferrari. West, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Why I miss you, man. I, you know, uh, and I'm, and I'm here at this in the sports office. Like you said, it's our, it's our small sports office. So we're, we're trying to, you know, avoid anything bad from happening. And, and uh, you, you, I know you weren't feeling well last week, just nothing major. And uh, I flew this week. So we kind of want to make sure we respect all that. But um all I want, Femi, is to go out and get a chicken sandwich, have a couple <laughs> beers with friends, and watch a Mariners game. That's honestly, <laughs> that's honestly. all I want to do. Oh, I'm glad you started there because I was going to ask you yeah. on, on on a serious yeah. note, like like on the serious note, what is the thing that you miss the most? And on a silly note, what is the thing that you miss the most during wow. this social distancing <laughs> kind of coronavirus time? I can start off while while you give a little bit of chance to think, and I kind of sprung it on you there. Yeah, fire away, bud. I also yeah. just want to let the folks know to make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Google Cast, Spotify, you name it. But I think the most serious thing that I probably missed most is just being able to, you take for granted just your life and your everyday activities and just being able to go outside whenever you want or be able to see friends, family, whenever you want. Or like you mentioned, be able to go out and grab a drink. I think the silly thing that I missed the most, I'm not sure what it is maybe. It's just, I don't know, just maybe going to the gym or something like that. You know, it's just like, just, lighthearted stuff that you kind of just take for granted and now everything is you kind of think twice and you're super conscious of what you just touched and and all that stuff it's just kind of we're we're in some crazy times here in uh march of 2020 well if if anybody's building anything like you know make maybe making a bookcase and they need you know need to sand it down just sign me up because my papers my fingers are like sandpaper <laughs> i mean all the dries constantly washing you you're conscious of like everything your head goes down if you pat you know we're two engaging people like we like we like the world around us we like to talk and have fun and yeah uh, you know engage strangers if you will if you're at a store or whatever and that's been kind of really weird you know everybody kind of pulling back and one thing that's been so ironic is i i feel as a society we become you know phones are dominate heads are down you're in a starbucks you know there's no engagement and so okay well now you get what you wanted everybody's at yeah. home looking at their phone but all, all anybody wants to do is just hang out with one another so it's kind of this crazy reset of humanity so to speak um but i i, I probably miss that like you said just the the simple things like, you know, we, me, you and Paul hang out in the sports office. And I think just our conversations here and, and kind of that ease of just being here. And I miss having a sports guest that's just so full that the producers are taking away a minute and a half. And I get kind of irritated because yeah. <laughs> I have so much I want to say, you know, or, or stuff we want to show our viewers. Um, and on the smaller scale, I, I, I miss the gym. I miss the co- different communities that I, I know 
you know, you and I have wherever we live and, and just a simple thing that more so what's weird is I've always said about Como is you can take away this awesome building we work in and we, we really do. It's a really neat place. Uh, just don't take away the people. And I feel like the people have been taken away. Everybody's out. Nobody really comes in. It's kind of a ghost town, even in the newsrooms. Uh, to, today, the 330 News was done by a producer off-site for the first time. Um, wow. It's just a really strange time. You know, so I'm looking, I'm just looking forward to the normal. We're sitting here debating who that 26 guy is on the Mariners roster. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, we would be remiss to even mention, I mean, today would mm-hmm. have been the start of the field of 64 in the NCAA right. tournament. Oh my! You know, gosh. it's, it's yeah. like how much how much fun is Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament when you're getting, you know, 16 games a day, right? And it's just jam packed basketball from the minute you wake up all the way until nighttime, and it's like like those little things that you like that come and go, and obviously we cherish those things every year when it comes because it's always an exciting time. But it's like you realize how much you love it or how many people are affected by not having an NCAA tournament, whether it be the players, coaches. Uh, medical staffs, mm-hmm. arena workers, all these people, media, like like so many people have had to kind of just adjust on the fly because oh, this tournament that brings in millions and millions of dollars, sometimes even billions of dollars, is unable to happen with this coronavirus going on, and it's 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 it's, it's kind of sad, but it's you know we adjust, we we we've been through some harsh times uh, in uh in humanity, and I guess we we all kind of learn on the fly, just kind of how to adapt, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on that and missing the tournament and, and just how it's impacted the sports world and everything. I, I was talking to my daughter today. who's a sophomore in high school. My son's a junior. So they have a lot of friends who are seniors. I feel really bad for those kids. I mean, some yeah. they may not have proms. There's entire seasons are canceled. These, you know, the, the, the softball, baseball, track, soccer players, you know, these kids, you know, that's our last crack for a lot of people. That's where sports ends is your senior year of high school. And yep. a lot of these kids are not going to be able to play. I know my son goes about size on the baseball team there. They had a really, they have a really good team. They had a really good shot at, you know, going to States this year and they have a brand new field and they have a wow. bunch of seniors that have never played a home game. And they watch this thing get put in for the past year. It's beautiful. I mean, they got bullpens, Femi. They got, uh, you know, everything, cages, nice turf. They were ready to roll, man. And they're not, I mean, unless they come back and play, I, I've heard some talk. They may try to do like a world baseball classic format for some of the high school teams to maybe whether it be like in Kinko or whether it be State, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. you know, I think they're hanging on to that hope that maybe they can play. And I, I certainly hope that for all the kids and all the sports. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you even mentioned like, kids not able able to go to their proms you think about all those times right kind of it's the it's the last chance or even just a regular graduation mm-hmm. like that's, that's the last chance that your whole class is kind of together before everybody goes their separate ways whether it be college the workforce or, or whatever route they end up going right and you just are robbed of that moment right before spring break happens and now here you are you go on your spring break and you're told that you're actually not going to be able to go back to school yeah that's like, unbelievable the, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a bummer that this is what it's come to. But it's like, hey, it's it's, it's what's necessary to help flatten yeah. uh, what's apparently a really fast and deadly virus that we're hoping that can, over the next few months or so, can kind of go away here as we get into the summertime. But yeah, and yeah, and, and and pretty phenomenal. Like I, I, Steve McCarron's out on a thing today. 
one of our reporters where they, they test uh, a lot of the first responders, firemen, um, you know, policemen, uh, some nurses, doctors that you know, are exposed to this. And it's a special testing site for them. Um, yeah. But thanks to all those folks. I mean, I mean, there's yeah, the shortage of masks and all those things that are doing. I have a friend of mine who's actually a good friend who's, who's with Kirkland Fire. And he's the one who told me first couple Saturdays ago when some of those folks passed away. Uh, wow. and, and everything uh, you worked that Saturday and everything just kind yeah. of rolled out of place. I mean, my friend, uh, my friend Ed. And so Kirkland fire, I mean, they've been down a bunch of guys cause they've been in quarantine. It's just, this is crazy. This is, uh, you know, all this stuff that's going yeah. on, but we gotta, we gotta, you know, they always say well, hope springs eternal. Uh, right. So <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta hang on to that and, and hope that we get back to normal sooner than later. Yeah. I, I guess, to transition to the sports world, the only yeah. thing that's able to go on now is NFL free agency. And, you know, thank goodness for that. And, you know, the, it appears all 32 NFL teams are practicing social distancing. These transactions can happen, obviously, over the phones and fax machines and all that. Thank goodness for, for technology that we have today that you don't need to be in person. to. Right. I mean, you, you need to be in person to make things official for a physical. But right. at least in terms of agreeing to terms on a lot of these contracts that we've seen, uh, since the legal tampering window opened uh, Monday, I believe it was. Um, but yeah, how about free agency? The, the Seahawks giving us a little bit of a distraction from uh, the severities of the real world. But yeah, it's been it, nice. It's been it's kind been of been a... been, yeah, but kind of an interesting uh, start to free agency. With I mean, it would be silly not to start with Jadavion Clowney, with him being kind of the the biggest fish out in the sea right now for for any of the thirty two teams to catch. Yeah, it seems like he had what he wanted and i i think you know any anybody on any level thinks maybe they're worth more than they actually are or what the market wants to pay right yeah. but when you started to see what those guys who got franchise tagged were getting i think clowny wanted to set the market but it seems like those guys set the market and when you have a guy that really just doesn't have a ton of sacks but he is he is such a disruptor i think that's like an intangible with him that's what you're paying for but I don't think that 21 to 23 million was anything John Schneider even wanted to sniff. But as this has gone on, I don't know about you. I've definitely felt better about their chances. I don't know if it's a long-term thing. I don't think they want to get caught up in these more long-term older guys' salaries. You know, if you want to call this Clowney old 27, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it, I think they've been, uh, been there, done that as far as like Sherman camp chancellor guys who delivered, but I don't think they want to get stuck with that. But if maybe he comes back on a two-year deal, one-year deal, he can try free agency again when the cap goes up even higher. I, I, I don't know. But um, I, I think the longer this goes on, the more the Seahawks have a chance of, of bringing him back. And th- that's the vibe that I'm getting as well. You mentioned Clowney being a little disappointed in there being a lack of a market. You know, I mean, it's, coronavirus has kind of played a factor into the NFL free agency, you know, right. usually it is, you agree to terms with a guy, they come to the facility, you do the physical dot the I's cross the T's and then it becomes official. But, and given Clowney's injury history with, I mean, just coming out of yeah. college, you know, it's like there was a knee thing when he got drafted, then he's had a hernia issue this past year playing with the, with the Seahawks. I know he's missed almost an entire season when he was in the, with uh, the Houston Texans. So, he's a guy that the physical would be a big deal. It's not just a kind of a formality. It's something that teams I'm sure are curious to see, is this player healthy and what are we getting here if we commit to him long-term? And I think because of social distancing and Clowney 
not being able to go to these facilities and be like, hey, let's go through it. Teams are a little apprehensive of saying we're going to offer you the big market setting deal that you're looking for as a 27 year old pass rusher who is in the prime of his career. Yeah, totally right. And and the Seahawks, was it two days ago? I mean, they made it pretty clear that they're not going to make any signing official until they get those guys in for physicals, which I thought was, yeah. was pretty interesting because it, it is kind of part of that fun component when they start having these releases and they have those press conferences, right? A lot of those guys want their day, so to speak. Uh, and none of that right now because, it, you know, who knows when they're going to be here for a physical. I, I, I know it was interesting, kind of not on the same team, but, you know, Brady had his physical today uh, as far as going to Tampa Bay, and he and the Bucks had to agree on a doctor in New York that would give the physical. So yeah. I, I found that interesting. So maybe there's some of that going on. I don't know. Or, it, it, it could be some of that going on, most definitely. I mean, for for a guy like a Jadavion Clowney, I mean, he might see this as this is my one chance to really get my massive deal. I mean, he was the number one overall pick in his draft back in 2014, I believe it was. And he was paid really well coming out of college. But, I mean, ever since the new CBA, or I guess now the old CBA, was ratified in 2011, it was rookie contracts were all kind of slotted based on where you were picked. So there wasn't much wiggle room for him to negotiate or anything like that coming out of college. So maybe he's seeing this, and I would imagine that's the way he's seeing it, is that this is his probably one chance at 27 years old right. to really cash in as an unrestricted free agent and doesn't want to, in his eyes, settle for a deal that might be $17 million a year or whatever the Seahawks or mm-hmm. whatever these other teams that have been kind of talking to him, where they might want him at. And he's probably thinking, because you mentioned the short-term route, who's to say that he doesn't sign somewhere for a one-year or two-year deal to then try to cash in at 29 or something right. like that. But then, I mean, two years in the NFL, that's a long time. And in two years, he could get hurt again. Mm-hmm. And at that point, his value is now decreased even more. So I think that's where you, therein lies this struggle that we're seeing right now for a player who was seen as, if not the best free agent available, one of the two or three best. And now that we're in day four of being able to negotiate and he still doesn't have a team. Yeah. And I, I never fault these guys for getting their money. Cause like you said, he could get hurt. He could have another big injury. But I think that – I always go back to that 49ers game. Like, if you're John Schneider and Pete Carroll, I mean, the, the one down down in San Francisco yep. on that Monday night. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking machine, and I believe that's where he sustained the injury. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of guy you want to pay for. And they need to make sure that that's what they're getting. Um so I, I, I don't know. I, I hope he comes back. I do enjoy uh, being around him. I find him engaging. Uh, the, the, funniest, the funniest thing is going in and interview him after a game. You know, he's sitting there. The guy's a freaking Adonis, right? I mean, it's oh my just gosh, yeah. ridiculous. And he goes, oh, yeah, let me put my, my shirt on here. I was like, dude, if I, if, <laughs> if I, if I looked like you, I wouldn't be putting my shirt on. I just keep talking. <laughs> just, just get the numbers painted on right. your chest and yeah. your back so that that's the league. If it's illegal, you can play shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, but, I, but I think the the physical thing, as far as, you know, can he get out and get one uh, is playing the Seahawks way. And I think to jump over to Jaron Reed, like the best thing that happened to them was a six game suspension last year. He didn't have the full yeah. plate of, of work 
you know, yep. a third of his uh, less uh, over a third of the season, I guess uh, he didn't have. So they were able to get, you know, what I don't, I don't think Jaron thought he was worth, but he took it because they're probably the ones offering the most. And I, I think that's a good signing. So I was sorry to see Quentin go. I, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, yeah. he, he was off. I mean, he, he does what a lot of guys do, but he was just versatile and, you know, uh, he was just a big dude. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how much more they're going to stock on the defensive line. But on, on the offensive side, you know, the shell kid they signed from the Jets um, almost like ends up being a, a trade for George Fant. I, I was interested to read Greg Bell tweeted out last night that he's Raider legend Art Shell. It's his great nephew. Wow. Isn't that wild? I mean, that guy's a player. If, if, so. if, he can be, if he can be half the player Art Shell was, <laughs> he could be in pretty good shape. <laughs> right. And he was Raider coach there for a while, was he, Art Shell? Yeah, he was the Raiders coach, I think, twice, I want to say. Yeah, actually. yeah. I wouldn't uh, understand his way. So, But uh, going back to the defensive line, though, I think it's curious. It was just interesting just seeing how the Seahawks have approached these big money pass rushers. I mean, we saw last year with them trading Frank Clark to the Chiefs mm-hmm. for the for the draft pick and or draft picks plural, and so then we saw Frank Clark eventually get the uh, extension from Kansas City. That obviously worked out pretty well for them down the stretch. But uh, just I'm curious just to see what John Schneider or Pete Carroll's kind of thought process is in terms of valuing pass rushers and where they think that kind of stacks up in terms of what they need to succeed and win a Super Bowl. Because, I mean, in the Super Bowl years of 2013 and 2014, I mean, Averill and Bennett weren't really high-priced guys. Those were kind of mid-level free agent acquisitions. Even Bennett was kind of an under-the-radar just, oh, Tampa Bay has this guy who's Mm -hmm. kind of productive, who's a free agent. They don't think he's worth it much. And the Seahawks were able to kind of get a discount on him. But they've never really shelled out for the – just edge rusher that's going to make 15 20 million dollars a year and you wonder if it's maybe a philosophical thing with the way they go about it to where they might love Clowney to the moon and every indication is that they do from what they've said at the combine Mm -hmm. what they said at the end of the season and all that stuff but maybe they just philosophically don't believe in paying a defensive end more than maybe let's say 15 million dollars yeah and I, I think that speaks to their rotation the way they rotate guys in and out I, I think I mean I know he was injured and they've tried, tried to reduce his snaps but I think Clowney played the fewest snaps he's played in his career last year yeah. for the, and granted he missed some games but I, I'm pretty sure was it fifth I think it was 57 percent of Seahawks snaps but um you're right but but again I go back to the, that disruptor that one man that one guy that can help them win the West when healthy is the one guy I saw that Monday night in San Francisco or in San, Santa Clara, wherever the heck I was. Um, <laughs> you, gotta, you always got to be exact. You know, what I, you know what I mean? And, and it's, yeah. it's kind of like that game changer. They saw it. It was right in front of them. So maybe that's, you know, the one exception. To, yeah. to to that rule of, hey, we will pay more because we know what he's capable of, especially in the division. So and, and, and the Rams have lost a lot of pass rushers as, as they've gone and faced free agency and just, you know, they're kind of changing up their team. So uh, I don't know I find I. I'm, I'm just fascinated as to where this is. Has anything even happened like since the 20 minutes we've been talking? I, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter knows. to see if anything's happened. Nothing has happened yeah. as of now. 
I figured something would happen the minute we started recording this podcast. <laughs> that exactly. I was like, maybe let's record the podcast so that we can finally get something yeah. on the clowny front, but nothing as of yet 20 minutes in. But I'm curious to see, what do you think that the contingency plan would be if they went in a different route or if Clowney ended up getting the market-setting deal from some team? Because all it takes is one team to offer it, and then he just goes off sure. and lose Jadavian Clowney. I mean, we've heard Yannick Ngakwe, the Jaguars, right. defensive end. Everson he, he Griffin, got, is he signed? Yeah, he got yeah, Everson Griffin and another guy who's, who's out there, uh, Matt Judon, who the Ravens tagged, I believe. Uh, so there's a, a few options that I've seen as guys that the Seahawks might be looking at or they might be talking to, you know, NFL networks might go to follow us at the Seahawks are they've been doing their homework and have been speaking to some guys just in case if Jadavion Clowney yeah. goes elsewhere. So it, it, it appears the Seahawks see that losing Clowney would hurt and they need somebody to replace him. But it, it's just kind of they're in that weird stage right now where they have an offer out there or we believe that they have an offer out there to Jadavion and Right now, they're just seeing what he decides to do. And in the meantime, let's uh, let's talk to some other guys so that if we do lose him, mm-hmm. we have plan B, C, or D if we have to go that route. Or what's going to stop them from taking some of that draft capital and doing what they did last year. Trading away, yep. getting a guy that's going into his final year, and getting an edge, edge rusher for one season. Uh, because you need that because you can't bank on it in the draft. We learned that with LJ Collier. So Yeah. You know, maybe that's that one guy that they've earmarked to say, hey, you know, we got a trade partner. This team needs picks. We got a ton of picks. Maybe, maybe that's the route they go to. But I, I'm sure, you know, John Schneider's not going to be caught with his pants down on this one, you know, no. <laughs> yeah, e- e- no, either way. But um, I, I think as, as every minute goes on, I think they get more and more closer to, to having some capacity to bring Clowney back. Yeah. I, I believe I, I agree with that with that sentiment as well. And you you know you figured they would want to bring him back, and that's what they voiced. Uh, speaking with Russell Wilson after the season, he talked a lot about, "Hey, this feels like we're close. We just need some more playmakers." Uh, losing a guy like Clowney is not what you want when your quarterback is saying that we, we need we need a, a little bit more to get over that divisional round hump and get back to the NFC Championship game and eventually get back to the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that all plays out on the defensive line. You mentioned Jaron Reed, two years, $23 million. That's a really good signing for the Seahawks. Jaron Reed might be of the mindset of, hey, I had the suspension. Let me just sign this deal. A couple of years go by. Yep. Then maybe I can then cash in and, and get the big deal. Uh, but definitely bringing back a quality player who I think they needed to bring back, especially with the uncertainty around Clowney and especially with the loss of Quentin Jefferson, who went off to Buffalo. But a couple guys that they did bring in, though, you mentioned Brandon Shell, but uh, BJ Finney, the uh, interior offensive lineman, plays a little center, plays a little bit of guard, uh, was at Pittsburgh and has now signed a two year deal, two year, $8 million deal to come to the Seahawks. I'm just, Interested to see where they play him, if they see him more as a center or more as a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Britt coming off of the ACL injury. I know they would save, I believe it's eight eight or $9 million if they were to release him. Uh, Joey Hunt got quite a bit of yeah, uh, experience over this past season. And they uh, they, t- they gave him a, a, a tender because he was a restricted free agent. So he's expected to be back. But Finney br- bringing him along adds to that depth or they might be preparing to go without a Justin Britt should 
they need that money to make a big move clowny or otherwise yeah because isn't brit like like 18 and a half million against a cap or something crazy like that yeah, it's yeah i'd have to look it up here real quick but if i if i remember correctly that he if they were if they were to release him they would save about eight million dollars i want to say against the cap eight million okay yeah i think 18 million 18 million would be too much yeah i think that's like yeah about right um but but what if so you have joey hunt what what are you going to do to replace Ayapati? So you figure he might be the left guard coming in, but yeah. but then you got the guy from Jacksonville signed yesterday. You can't really pronounce his last name very well. Um, you know the big guy. Oh, 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 oh yeah, Cedric Oboye. Oboye. Okay. Oboye. Oboye. We're gonna have fun with that one. Cedric O. Cedric O. Oh, I like that. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, we'll keep it there. That's hysterical. Yeah. So, I mean, he he comes in to compete. He, they, I saw they're going to bring back Jordan Simmons, um, yeah. who played really well before he got hurt. I don't know if you remember. He 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 subbed t- two years ago for Fluker against the Rams, and every because you know he played at SC, so it was like a almost like a coming home game for him, and he played lights out. And so then he got hurt and it just seemed to go sideways. But I think they see a yeah. lot in him. I mean, the fact they're going to bring him back. Um, but and also, real quick, yeah. $8.5 million of cap against Britt. Okay. Okay. Justin Britt. Yeah. yeah. I think he, Justin Britt might be excited if I said that $18.5 million. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think they like versatile guys on, on the line to come in yeah. and. And do stuff, but I mean, and I, I, as I look at these guys being signed, I'm like, who can be the next George Fant? Who's going to be yeah. 74 eligible? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? 18 times a, a game. So um, they need that versatility. But I mean, I like, um, hey, game. As you know, you you watch football closer than anybody I know. The games are won and lost on line of scrimmage, and they're obviously addressing yeah. both those needs right away. So it seems like the the secondary is kind of feeling pretty good. Linebacking crew is pretty solid uh, from what we've seen last year. Um, still kind of wonder who, who, how do they replace Kendricks? Do they bring back Kendricks? Uh, you know, do, do, they, do they give Clay Matthews a shot? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but overall, I mean, that's that's what they need to address right away, and, and they're they're doing it right now before we even get to the draft. Yeah, no, it's it's it appears that they're trying to sure up all the holes before we get to the draft so that they can just kind of go best player on the board. We'll take them wherever they are outside of quarterback. Right. Um, because, yeah, I mean, having that position flex on the offensive line is that's that's definitely key because injuries and I mean, with the roster expansion to being able to carry an extra lineman with the new CBA, that definitely helps. But I know with the old CBA, when you can only dress about seven or eight offensive linemen, sometimes only seven, it, it, it could get real thin and you need guys who can play multiple positions in case of injuries. Right. Injuries do happen uh, over the course of the season. So I think getting a guy like a Finney who stuff I've read about him, everyone says that he played pretty well in the couple the two starts he was able to have in Pittsburgh. And if you can get a guy who's had a little bit of experience, who can hold up just a little, just enough, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that, that can carry you over as, and and it's not something that where you're committed to. Where, oh well, we have Finney, so we can't go out and get player X or player Y. It's Finney's kind of just more so an insurance plan. And hey, here's a guy who has played some live snaps in the regular season, so we feel comfortable putting him into the game. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, and I think when you look at what he did in Pittsburgh, I mean, their their offensive line, despite their problems, was 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 pretty solid. And what's what's Kiffin Bellevue? David DeCastro, right? Yeah, I, mean, DeCastro, I know yeah. he spoke real highly of him. Um, and you know, they get in the system, they start kind of playing their own way, and uh, as far as the way the, the Seahawks do things, and you know, Solari can kind of tailor guys. I, 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 that's one thing I've liked about him, as opposed to Cable, is he finds a guy that maybe isn't too much into his old habits and can teach him some new ones. You, you know, they, he kind of makes yeah. his – Taylor makes his linemen for exactly what he needs. I think he's a great coach. I, I've just watched him in practice. Um, not that I really know the nuances of playing the offensive line that much, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you know, but just from uh, Coach uh, – uh, what's his name? Coach Mudd. So no, Mudd with the uh, – Indianapolis. Oh yeah, Colts. Howard. Howard Mudd, yeah. Well, Howard's, yeah. Howard's grandson played on a soccer team with my son years ago, and he used to just wow. kind of. He he's a he's such a smart, like incredibly smart individual. I used to just pick his brain, and he used to talk to me. And uh, what what a neat guy he was. But yeah, I, I kind of learned some of the little different things to look for just from conversations with that guy. Um, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll see what they do. I, I and I wouldn't put it past them to draft an offensive lineman as well. Yeah, no, they're they're always looking. They're always looking. I mean, a guy like a Jamarco Jones definitely helped out oh. in, in in key spots last Didn't year. Didn't even mention him. When guys he played great last year. You know, um, so I, I I think they're making the right moves. I I I just with Schneider's history of first round picks, I'm not that crazy about. AKA LJ Collier. Um, let let's maybe trade that <laughs> or trade down get a couple more <laughs> and maybe not put so much into that. I think he does better in the, in the second through seven rounds. <laughs> Forget the first. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the offensive line. I talked a little bit about the defensive line. I've even forgot to mention, I mean, welcome back Bruce Irvin. Right. How about that? Bruce Irvin has hopped around Oakland, Atlanta, Carolina, since his first four years with Seattle mm-hmm. has now come back as an eight-year veteran and is uh, coming off a pretty good season that he had there with the Panthers. Eight and a half sacks, right? I mean, he would have led the team yeah. in sacks. Even if he had six sacks, he would have led the team, yeah. uh, which is something they didn't do well. I, I've always thought he, you know, he it, it was cool to, to be around him and see him evolve into a pro. And he became, and you've been around these guys, a guy that's kind of, uh, he's an okay soundbite to one like, okay, we got to talk to that guy. And, yeah. you know, it was, I, I enjoyed every time I had a chance to talk to him after games because he just told how it was. I mean, he didn't hold anything back. And, but if you look at him like as an end rusher, he's kind of smaller, but he, he can drop back in coverage. He can do a lot of different things. And I think we, we talk about, you know, Finney on the offensive line, you know, what can you do? You know, how versatile you can be. I, I think he's just like that. You know, he, he's, he's got a lot of versatility and, and I, you know, he's still fast. I, 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 granted, he's not going to be great like he was just because age and was he 33, but he's going to be good. And, you know, he's going to be a lot better than Ziggy Ansah was last year, mainly because he'll yeah. be on the field. He's real durable. He has not missed many games over the course of his career, which is great. And, and I think he's always out to prove, prove things to people and coming back. I mean, there's, you know, that comfortability aspect. A lot of guys, have coming back to Seattle. I mean, that's, that's probably why they come back. Pete's still here. You know, a lot of things haven't changed. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's back. It's a good sign, but you need that. You know, if you have the yin and the yang, you got the yin. You, you need that, that guy 
that clowny you, to make a Bruce Irvin better. If you don't, you can't put everything on Bruce. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, def- he's definitely a, a, a complimentary piece uh, to a, to a yes. pass rush. Well, that's yeah, the like word. Said, yeah, complimentary. Yeah, they, they definitely struggled to get after the quarterback last year. But yeah, having a guy like that around, I know from a nostalgia purpose, a lot of fans were excited about it. Uh, just because he always just another guy from the same with like a Luke Wilson, another guy from the Super Bowl yeah. years. So it's just kind of ties it all together. So that's always a nice thing when uh, you can get that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's all it is for the Seahawks in terms of the free agency uh, standpoint right now. I mean, we're all still on clowny watch as we uh, try to figure out what's going on there. Um, but. I know I'll be monitoring it. You'll be monitoring it as, as you're getting your shows together and all that stuff as we as we see what happens. But uh, do you have a prediction on this clowny thing? What do you what do you think ultimately happens? And I guess when do you think it uh, goes That's down? That's an interesting thing is the when. Because I think you brought up a great point about the physical. And anybody anybody who signs him, like you said, they got to know he's okay um, yeah. with, with, with that whole deal. Um, that, that, I, I'm not going to say when. I, I have no idea how long this whole thing can go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably the, you know what I mean? Right I really answer. don't. I, I want to be like, oh, it's going to be Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Um, I, <laughs> I wish. But I, I think the Seahawks ultimately end up with him on a short-term deal. Nothing long-term. And I think he makes between 18, 17 to 18 with incentives that could bring him up in the 19 range. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, 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 yeah, if, if so many sacks or things like that. So. No, I, I I could definitely see that. You know, I, I the when is hard to to say when. I mean, I my guess would be maybe sometime sometime at the end of this weekend or so. Uh, it could happen right as we stop recording this podcast. <laughs> but, but my guess would be sometimes at the end of this at the end of this weekend, and and I I would guess that he he returns to Seattle. Yeah, that would be, like for how much? I mean, it'll probably be be in the teens would be my guess or something that maybe is heavily incentive based where he has a chance to to tack on some some more millions depending on how many sacks he gets or how many snaps he plays but uh but i i think he comes back to the seahawks i don't know the length of it my guess would be a short-term deal but he comes back to the Seahawks. I think we find out uh, sometime at the end of this weekend. Yeah, that that would be good. That'd be good news for people. Though, again, the prevailing thought through all this is it's interesting talking about a guy that wants twenty million but may only make seventeen million, and yeah. people are like losing their jobs <laughs> because of this crazy stuff that's going on right now. You know what I mean? Honestly, so it's, kinda, it's like monopoly money. That's how we. I, I think we have to look at it. It's just like monopoly money. Honestly, it's, just, it's not our money. It's the teams. I don't think they rely on people buying seats to pay salaries. It's all TV and all that revenue. No, yeah, it's all, it's all TV. So, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. We don't need to. Fr- we don't need to freak out because some people are getting right contracts and all that stuff. It's all TV money that's already been paid right. out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're all gonna live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in, in, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, did you see the Sean Payton news? Sean Payton. Yeah, I actually was test positive for I'm, coronavirus. That's I'm halfway crazy. working on this format in the sports guest. Well, I got the sports guest and doing something. It is crazy, you know, and I just saw a thing that came down. A couple of the Lakers also tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, um, yeah. This thing knows no boundaries. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy. When you look at coaches, the way they travel and the way these players travel and oh the people gosh. they engage with, you know, we're all connected. That's, that's the crazy thing. That's why they tell you stay home. 
I mean, these are yeah. look at the folks that are you know that we know celebrity type wise people who've been diagnosed. I mean, they're not just hanging out their mansion; they were out doing stuff. No. They're talking to fans, playing. You know, in that case, you know, they I know they played the Jazz, the Lakers uh, that week that Gobert was uh, diagnosed. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. I hope Sean Payton does does okay. It's just you know most most of these people I think will will get through it. I, I heard it's just a pretty nasty bug. As far as like the actual physical stuff that you have to go through, I read a really interesting article in the Seattle Times from some lady that she and her husband both had it. And she said the the, the main thing was you know, they just like sit, laid on the couch for like five days because they had zero energy, you know, and ran a fever and wow. stuff like that. Um, but I do, do feel for the older segment of our population or those with prevailing medical conditions. I mean, I, and I don't I don't know yeah. if Sean Payton has anything like that, so I certainly hope he's okay. Yeah, we all hope the best for everyone, uh, folks who are listening out there. Yeah, just wash your hands, stay healthy, uh, try to play your part. I, I think that's like the big thing that I'm just like, try to play your part and help out as we are all in this fight to try to flatten this curve and hope that this thing doesn't kind of go out into the summer and into the fall. Yeah, so right. It, it's, it, it's, I think in the interim, it might get a, a worse than it before it gets better. Sure. But, you know, if, if we all just kind of try to limit our – I guess going out of our homes or apartments to just essential activities, whether it be work or, I mean, at that point, it's probably just work at, at right now. But if, if you can just play your part in helping flatten the curve, I think we'll, we'll be all better off. And the, 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 the sooner that we all kind of bunker down together, the sooner we can get back to some sort of level of normalcy, yeah, that's, I guess. That's, normalcy. that's, that's the word we got to focus on and, and hope for here. Yeah. At some point, but it, it was it was fun, Mike. I mean, it's it, it kind of an unorthodox way that we've done the podcast, but it was fun catching up with you and I guess bring a little bit of normalcy to our uh, yeah. For and you know uh, what, listener, uh, it looks like you know who knows, but it was just encouraging to see MLS say, "Hey, we're going to try." You know, May tenth is the day we're shooting for. That's the day we're hoping for, based on like you know messages and info from the CDC. And then you see Jerry uh, Depoto today talking about. You know, when when the Mariners do get going, he doesn't think that starters will go more than three innings, to which I said, why don't you expand rosters for the first month of the season if you're going to have to dip into the bullpen that much more? You know what I mean? Why why, why don't yeah. you do that? Keep it like extended spring training with games that count. But um, I, I think th- those are two things that jumped out at me this morning in our little world of sports where I know there's so many more things to be concerned with. Um, but you got to hope. You got you to gotta hope to – return to normalcy at some point and that's our normal right get getting to those games covering yep. those games and 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 engaging and, and being a conduit to the, the viewers you know what's going on sometimes uh so so hopefully that returns sooner than later but uh, uh, yeah it's it this is a, this is a weird thing i i think I, I i'm i'm baffled by technology though that we could do this it's like we're sitting in the same room you know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's it, i mean you've, you've seen it all across sports networks and stuff and i mean espn nfl network they all have their their talent kind of skyping in Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and it's uh it's yeah it's some interesting times that we live in but thankfully we have technology to uh to kind of get us through it to where we can all stay connected even though we're at a distance well said buddy all right well it was was good chatting with you again once again femi and frary make sure to subscribe rate and review on apple spotify google cast whichever podcast platform you prefer but mike uh we'll be in touch buddy i'll uh i'll Hi, talk man. to you Thanks, soon buddy. all 
All right, stay safe out there, everyone.